Welcome back. Before we get to this week's show, I want to share something exciting. We've talked Arjon into doing a special live podcast episode where he answers your questions. If you would like to ask Arjon a question about business, marketing, mindset, financials, or anything else related to entrepreneurship, send your question via email to teamarjon at gmail.com. That's T-E-A-M-R-J-O-N at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Welcome inside the vault. This is a collection of previously unreleased lessons from eight-figure entrepreneurial mastermind Arjun Robbins. And in case you didn't see the warning label, this content can be explicit and is for serious entrepreneurs only. Today, we're sharing part one of a two-part episode taken from a lesson Arjun gave during his January 2016 live quarterly meeting in Malibu. He starts with a simple question, but answering the question takes serious work, and it has serious implications for the future success of your business. Let's go to the vault. Working with Arjan is like having a shortcut to future you. Every time I can have an opportunity to spend time with Arjun, I try to take it and be a sponge. I thought everyone was crazy. You know, they were running to the front of the stage to see this person. Arjun's wearing his crazy shirt. You know, he drinks tiger blood in the morning just for fun, and he's like breathing down my throat. Sometimes it's terrifying to work with him. It's like he's looking into your soul, but it's, it's growth the whole way. are you? It's a simple question. Who are you? Anyone ever really taken more than five minutes to think about it in your entire life? People ask this question all the time. Who's calling? Who sent the email? Who delivered the package? Who did me wrong? Who owes me something? Who are you? See, who you are affects what you do. And what you do affects what happens in your world. And what happens in your world creates your reality. But it all stems from who are you? The problem is most of us don't have a clue who we are. This is the scariest live quarterly meeting I've ever done. I, I wasn't ready to do this live quarterly meeting last year, even though very candidly, I knew you need it. 
and I wasn't ready to do this live quarterly meeting the year before that, even though I knew you needed it. And I wasn't ready to do this live quarterly meeting the year before that because I was so screwed up, I didn't know you needed it. I think examining who you are is a worthwhile endeavor because I believe you are worth it. And I hope you agree with me that you are worth it. But this is scary stuff. I wasn't emotionally ready to share this with all of you last year because I just wasn't. I just wasn't strong enough. And I wasn't ready to share it the year before that because I was really not strong enough. And so we talk a lot about marketing and we talk a lot about sales and we talk a lot about production and policies and systems and procedures and the mechanical infrastructure of your business, which are all important. Those are all important things to do. Those are all critical actions to learn how to take. And we talk a lot about financial controls so you can measure the results of what's happening and predict and anticipate what's going to happen. But I wasn't really ready before now to talk about what really makes it all happen. I'm going to tell you a secret. Building a multi-million dollar business is much simpler than anyone would have you believe. It's very simple to build a multi-million dollar business. I'm not saying it's easy. It's really not easy. Talk to anyone who's in the million dollar solo lawyers club. Talk to anyone, talk to anyone who's in the million dollar solos club. And they'll tell you it ain't easy. It's about the hardest thing in the world to do. Which is why many of us wait so long in life to finally get around to doing it. But once you make the decision to do it, it's very, very simple. And it happens pretty quickly. This is the secret. Your business is a manifestation of who you are. If you are happiness and joy and generosity and love, your business will be happiness and joy and generosity and love. And it will attract 
happiness and joy and generosity and love. And it will bring happiness and joy and generosity and love into the world. And that's a beautiful thing. If you are fear and doubt and insecurity, your business will be fear and doubt and insecurity. And it will attract fearful and doubtful and insecure people to it, unto itself. And it will trade in fear and doubt and insecurity. And it doesn't matter what kind of business you have. Any kind of a business can be trading in love and joy and happiness and generosity. And that same kind of business, whether it's a shoe store or a restaurant or a law firm or anything, that same kind of business can be owned by someone who is doubt and fear and insecurity and all of those negative things. And that's what the business will be. But we don't want to see that because examining who we are is terrifying. (laughs) I know. I'm on this journey. It's excruciating. It's painful. It's disappointing. It's heartbreaking. Because on the journey of discovering who we are, we discover that people who we love dearly aren't compatible with who we need to be to have the life we want to have. And so we end up either leaving those people behind, which is heartbreaking, or we end up living our lives for those people. Which is a different kind of heartbreaking. So how do you know who you are? See, before you even jump into who you are, I think it's important to first identify how you are going to know who you are. Because if you don't even have a criteria to know how you're going to know when you know, how are you ever going to know? And we see this a lot with people just going in circles for years and years and years of their lives, trying to figure out who they are. Mostly because they haven't taken the time to identify how they're going to know when they figure out who they are. So, one of the things that we need to talk about here is how you're going to know who you are. What is your criteria going to be to know who you are? Most people go through life not even examining this stuff. And 
the relatively small percentage of the population that does examine this stuff, they basically go through life saying, well, I'll know it when I find it, <laughs> right? I'll know it when I see it, instead of starting off with a clear objective criteria. And I want to save you the years of heartache and struggle and expense and shin knees and blood and sweat and tears that I've experienced going through this journey because I didn't know who I was. I didn't understand that who I was was the most important question underlying everything in my business to begin with. And even when I began the journey, I didn't understand that I had to first figure out what the criteria was going to be to know how I would know when I began to figure out who I was. Because otherwise, as happened for me, I kept meeting myself and it's sort of like, you know the experience when you hear your voice on a recording for the first time? And that's not me. If you don't have a clear criteria to know how you're going to know who you are, you're liable to meet yourself along the way and dismiss it and say, that's not who I am. That's what happened to me. I say that's what happened to me, but I now understand that is what happened for me. Because if I hadn't had those experiences... I wouldn't be able to pay it forward and share it with all of you and everyone else in this world who I have the privilege and the opportunity to, to touch in an appropriate way. <laughs> no inappropriate touching. Are you your history? How many people think you're your history? Raise your hand if you think you're your history. A few hands going up. I think that most of you probably think you are your history. I think you didn't raise your hands, but I think that you think you are your history. I think if we were to ask you who you are, most of you would probably begin by describing where you came from. I think most of you would probably begin by describing your name. You might begin by describing the relationships that you have had in the past. They may be relationships that you have today. They may be relationships that you carry with you into the future also, but they are based in the past as of this moment in time. See, every one of you has the opportunity to walk out of here today with a million dollar business or a multi-million dollar business. I promise you, you can walk out of here today with a multi-million dollar business. Today. If you walk out of here with an understanding of who you are, and you walk out of here as the owner of a million dollar business, or a multi-million dollar business, if you walk out of here as the same person that you walked in here as, then this was maybe entertaining for you. Maybe you met some nice people. Maybe you had some nice lunch. Maybe you had some fun. But it really wasn't 
valuable for you. And I want to challenge you to walk out of here, to take responsibility for walking out of here with enormous value. Me, I'm not responsible for you. And this costs me probably, I don't know, hundred, two $200,000 of business per year in memberships of people who want me to take responsibility for them. And it's not my right to take responsibility for you. It's not my right, nor is it my responsibility. But mostly it's not my right. See, I don't have the right to take responsibility for you. Because if I take responsibility for you, then I have to control you. And I don't have the right to control you. I don't have the right to control what you think. I don't have the right to control how you feel. I don't have the right to control what you do. I don't have a right to control the relationships that you decide to keep or not keep in your life. I don't have the right to control anything about you. You have that right. And I would not presume to try to take it away from you. So, are you your past or are you your future? It's just a choice. You can make this choice any day of the week. You can make this choice any time of the day, any time of the week. At any moment, you can make a choice to be your future and stop being your past. I remember where I was when I made that choice. I was standing up at an event like this, at the microphone, getting my ass handed to me over and over and over again. Because I, when I go to events like this, I'm like a microphone hog. <laughs> I want to take advantage of every opportunity I've got. You know, I, I made a lot of sacrifices to get to an event like this. I had to get someone to look after my house. I had to rearrange my schedule. I had to buy an airline ticket. I had to buy a hotel room. I had to pay, you know, maybe tens of thousands of dollars to even just buy a ticket to be at the event. And I'm not going to miss the opportunity to ask every question I can get. Anyone who's ever been at an event with me when I'm in the audience, who's been at an event with me when I'm in the audience? A few of you have. A few of you in the back. I mean, I'm at the mic nonstop. I was at a five-day event one time, no, a four-day event one time in Virginia. And it was a room uh, about twice as big as this. There were two aisles. So there was a microphone in aisle one. There was a microphone in aisle two. And there was a third microphone. So I guess there must have been three aisles because there was a microphone at the end of each aisle. And there would be a line at each microphone. Like we have lines in our events, new members, you're going to see there's lines at the microphones. When you've got questions, don't wait, don't be polite. Don't try to be, oh, well, you know, I'll be demure and wait to my turn. No, jump up and go to the microphone. So there was a line at every microphone and I would get online. I would ask my question and then I would go back to the end of the line <laughs> and I would get to the front <laughs> And I would ask my question, and I'd 
go back to the end of the line. I'm, I'm not joking. <laughs> um, eventually, by the third day, <laughs> I would stand at the microphone, and they would go, microphone one, microphone two, microphone three, our job. And then they'd go, microphone, and I would just stand there. Microphone one, microphone two, microphone three, Arjun. Microphone one, two, three. I ask good questions when I'm at the mic, by the way. People always are coming up to me afterwards like, oh my God, I love it when you ask questions because you're asking the same question that I had. I'm like, well, why didn't you get up and ask it then? Man tries for himself, man tries to make for himself in the fashion that suits him best a simplified and intelligible picture of the world. He then tries to some extent to substitute this simplified picture of the world for reality. He then makes this cosmos and its construction the pivot of his emotional life in order to find in this way the peace and serenity which he cannot find in the narrow whirlpool of personal experience. The supreme task is to arrive at those universal elementary laws from which the cosmos can be built up by pure deduction. There is no logical path to these laws, only intuition, resting on sympathetic understanding of experience. That is the only way to reach them. That's some pretty far out shit, huh? I mean, who is the hippie tree hugging, (laughs) you know, Sandal wearing, patchouli smelling, <laughs> lunatic that said this. That's what you're all thinking, right? Raise your hand if you were thinking that. It was a guy named Albert Einstein. Pretty smart guy, don't you think? You see, most people go through life rather than understanding who they are and rather than trying to understand how the world really works, we try to create simplified explanations that we can feel comfortable with. And then we make those explanations the pivot of our entire emotional life. And the problem isn't even that we do that. The problem is that our parents did it too. And the problem isn't that our parents did it too. The problem is that our grandparents and our great-grandparents and our great-great-grandparents before them, they all did the same thing. And then they taught it to their children. Your great-great-grandparents taught their simplified image of the world to your great-grandparents. And your great-grandparents taught it to your grandparents, and your grandparents taught it to your parents, and your parents taught it to you, and now you believe this is reality. It's not reality. 
It's a description of reality. It's a model of reality. It's a map of reality. You know, don't confuse the map for the terrain. You ever meet people who do that? Anyone not ever meet people who do that? All you got to do is look in the mirror and you'll meet someone who does that. We all do that. You got to be conscious. You got to be vigilant. You got to be courageous enough to recognize that what you take as your reality is someone else's explanation of reality, not necessarily reality. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to tune in next week for more lessons from the vault. Before we go, a reminder that we talked Arjun into doing a special Q&A session for podcast listeners. If you would like to ask Arjun a question, please send your question to teamarjon at gmail.com. Again, that's T-E-A-M-R-J-O-N at gmail.com. See you next time.